Welcome to RailPass. I'm your host, Sarah Hardy, Division Manager of Visitor Experience with the Southern California Railway Museum, located in Paris, California. Join me as we learn more about the Railway Museum and meet the people who volunteer, work, play, partner, and engage with our museum. All aboard for our next great adventure. Hello, and welcome back to RailPass. Today I have with me Dave Althaus. He is one of the lead volunteers at the Southern California Railway Museum. Dave works with the Diesel Collection, specifically working with the restoration and maintenance of our equipment. Dave, before we get started, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you? Well, I'm 81 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I've been working at the museum for 37 years, and I started out working on the steam engine, the VC2 for a guy by the name of Jack Corrick, and I worked there for five years. And after five years, um, I had the opportunity to work on a diesel locomotive to help fix some electrical, and that one day convinced me I was never going back on the steam engine again. Oh, really? <laughs> you switched. Yeah, and so I've been on the, uh, the electrical diesel locomotives for oh, 33 years, doing diesel maintenance and repair and restoration. Who was leading the diesel department at that time? Tom Platten was uh, the diesel manager at that time, but it wasn't really an official department of the museum. We had about three people that would work on them. Um, We didn't have enough locomotives or enough budget to keep them running, so everything was haphazard at best. And then um, sometime later, the museum started giving us yearly budgets to work with. Okay. And they moved us from Middleton Siding back to Car Barn 7. And we pretty well... So you would do all of your work at Middleton Siding? Outside. Winter, summer, rain. Yeah. And where would you keep all of your, like, equipment? We had a box car that we had stored everything in. That's our office box car now. Wow. And it was unbelievably cold and unbelievably hot and yeah. sloppy wet in the, during the rain. But we did it. And so when did when did you move to Barn 7? Oh, about eight or ten years ago. Okay. So, And That's now a... it's indoors. It's not heated, but um, it's indoors. And in the summertime, it's cool enough with evaporative coolers that it's very pleasant working. That's, a, that's the biggest barn on the property. Yes, yeah. by far. 600 foot long, 100 foot wide. Oh, my goodness. And it was created specifically to help progress the diesel division? No. no? It was built as a storage barn. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, we happened to be able to go in there and do some work temporarily. And then you just never left. <laughs> then that made a big difference in Huge what difference. you are able Huge to difference. accomplish. Yeah. That's great. So how did you get the role as diesel foreman? Um, Tom Platten is, um, is a rail fan, but he is not a technical person, per se. Um, he enjoys working on the locomotives, but they needed somebody that understood electrical, uh, diesel, and that's where I fell into it, and uh, nobody else was there, so it was by default me. <laughs> I've heard that a lot on how yeah. people get these lead volunteer roles. Mm-hmm. What do you say keeps you volunteering here? 
I enjoy it. Um, I look forward to every Saturday. Um, every Saturday, my wife is saying, now you're going to the museum, right? <laughs> you know, it's a day off for her. Yeah. And uh, we have about 10 or 11 people in diesel service. And six or eight of us show up every single week. Others come out once a month. Okay. We are there every week and even in between. And that's the kind of effort it takes to keep the locomotives running. Yeah, it's no easy task. It's not easy, and they are vital to the survival of the museum. Most definitely, yeah. They they play a huge role in our regular weekend rides, events. Yeah, they're yeah. very important. And the run ones. Yes. Um, there were three yesterday, two today, one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, they're very, very important. Your collection is very much, <clears throat> very actively used on a regular basis. Yes. Yeah. Now, we have about 12 or so locomotives there, and we try to keep about eight or nine actually operational. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult because there's a lot of maintenance to go on to each one of them. Yeah. And then we're always trying to restore something. And doesn't leave a lot of time left so, over. Yeah, so we are extremely busy all the time. Yeah. Um, how many projects would you say, how many restoration projects would you say that you've completed in your time as a volunteer here? Four. Four. Is there and one? One of them took 18. Yeah, 18 years. Which one was that? That's the um, SW1, um, Black Southern Pacific um, Tunnel Six. Okay. That was 18 years. It came out of a scrapyard. Wow. Uh, um, back in the late 90s, or the early 90s rather, and it sat here unused for 30 years, and we decided you know, it was time to do something about it. And what made you want to take that one on? Was there anything special about it, or just no, no, just it was a challenge. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. I I know that when I first came here, I was really blown away by the restoration work that you've done to see the before and after photos that your team has taken these locomotives that come in in really bad condition like almost you think there's no hope for it there and wasn't then, yeah then you turn it around yeah. and it's like one of the pretty it looks brand new it is yeah i don't know if, uh, if you're into restorations but in the automobile world they talk about a frame off restoration they literally take the body off of the mm -hmm. frame and uh, do everything from scratch. Yeah. We did that. That was for the ten, yeah. 1006? Yep. Wow. That's that's amazing. I really encourage any of our listeners to check out our website and see some of those before and after photos of the diesel locomotives because it is, it's really impressive. And 18 years is a long commitment to <laughs> a restoration project. But if you're, yeah, also maintaining a fleet at the same time, you don't have much leftover time to dedicate to a no, restoration. No. It, it all works out. We've got really, really good people, but it takes a lot of time and it takes money. Would you say that that was your most challenging restoration project? By Well, uh, yes, until we started doing the Fairbanks Morris that we're doing now. Okay. That one is um, because of the engine. That's a very unique engine. Mm -hmm. The engine poses a lot of difficulties that we've never had to deal with before why is it why is it such a different engine than <clears throat> the other ones it's, you've a, worked it's with? called a dual opposed piston engine okay a normal engine has heads on top 
It has a crankshaft on the bottom and the pistons go up and down up to the head. Mm -hmm. The Fairbanks Morse has two crankshafts, one on top, one on the bottom, and the pistons come together. There are no heads. And when the pistons come together, compressing that air, then they squirt diesel fuel in there, and that's what causes the explosion. And then the two pistons shoot apart, and now there's an upper crankcase and a lower crankcase. Why, why does it have that? That's so weird. It's very efficient for making a lot of power with a very light engine. Okay. And Fairbanks Morris had been using these in submarines during World War II. Hmm. When World War II was over, they needed to use them someplace else, and so they decided they would try to get into the locomotive market. The Electromotive Division, EMD, and General Electric and Elko had that sewn up. So Fairbanks was only in it for, they, they got out about 19, the late 1950s. Okay. They just lost money time and time after time. And we have one of the very rare Fairbanks Morris locomotives, and we ran it yesterday up the main line and back. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Yep. I know I've been following that that project, and so that's really exciting that you guys reached that milestone. Yeah, it's, we've got one minor detail, detail to take care of yet mechanically, and then it's down to painting and cosmetic work. And you are still deciding between those two <clears throat> cosmetic designs, or have you no, landed we, on we one? No, we know. Um, when we initially started the project, um, we needed money. And so I went back and opened up a donation fund opening and told people that when you donate money, tell us which paint job you would like to see. Mm -hmm. And there's a new paint job called Yellow and Blue, ugly in my mind. <laughs> and they had a black and white stripe as delivered. Yeah. All of them except one person chose black and white stripe. Oh, really? So How interesting. That's what we're going for. Very and that's exciting. what you see on the website pictures today when you look at the Fairbanks. Yeah. It'll look just like the day it was delivered. How cool. And yeah. when do you, do you have like an anticipated end date for when that'll be completed or mm, not really? Hopefully by the end of next, hopefully the end of this year. Really? Yeah, we should be close. And then is the goal for it to join revenue service or no. be for, no? The engine is going to be very difficult to live with. Okay. Um, it takes a lot of pre-work to get it running, and so far we haven't been able to keep it from spitting oil out the exhaust stack. Oh no. And if oil spits out the exhaust stack, it gets on people, it gets on cars and things. Mm -hmm. So we have to go through a lot of work to get it very warm before we can even have anybody around it. Okay. So we, we will have special events where we run the Fairbanks Okay. But it'll never be used in normal revenue service like the rest of them are. So it would come out for something like behind the scenes? We'll, or... Yeah, we'll run it. We'll have it started and let people hear it and see it and stuff. That's so exciting. Right. Yeah. How long have you been working on that, that project? Initially, we started in 1990, and then it sat idle until about two years ago. Okay. And we started it about two, or two to three years ago, two years ago, basically. So that one's picked up a lot of speed. Uh, it did, and we, we got a lot of donations. Um, I had When we did the SW1 locomotive, it cost $30,000 to paint it. Oh, my goodness. And this time I went back to that same painter and said, okay, if you were going to repaint the SW1 again, how much would you charge? He said, Dave, it's $60,000 now. Oh, my goodness. And doubled. Initially, I had guessed that the budget for Fairbanks would be 40000 mm -hmm. And that's the amount of money that 
people have been donating, and we're almost there. Mm -hmm. I'm shy, probably close to fifteen or twenty thousand at least. Okay. So I don't know where that's going to come from yet. It'll probably come by volunteers doing a lot of the preparation work rather than having a contractor do it. Okay. Because we don't have the we don't have the money, and if somebody were to come in with thir another thirty or forty thousand dollars, it would be done. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're not there. Not there yet. It's but it's making really great progress. Yes, it is. Would you say that that has that been your favorite restoration? Do you have no. another? No. The um, SW one. That was your favorite. Your most challenging and your favorite. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah eighteen it took a years. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have a love hate relationship with that. No. Are you looking forward to any projects? Um. No. Um, no. <laughs> I've. For the last few years, I've told people that this is my last project. Okay. And somebody is going to have to step in after this. And there are more projects all lined up. There's even money in the in the, in the funds to do more projects. But they're going to need a new manager to lead the project. I'll, I'll be here until the end, but I, I can't take on the another project and expect to be able to finish it. Yeah. So. I mean, well, that you've done such amazing work. It's going to be really hard really big shoes to fill because I think you've made so much progress in getting the diesel division where it is today. Uh, I understand that, yes. Yeah. yeah. So good luck to that person that's <laughs> coming after you. It's not an easy it's not an easy role to fill when you've done it so, yeah. so well. So if money and time and volunteers were not um, a factor, what is one project you would like to see done? We have two Elko locomotives called the, we call them the Harbor Elko loco locomotives. And um, they were both running engines, but cosmetically the bodies have been beat really bad. The wheel sets are all, all need to be replaced. And uh, there's already between 40 and $50,000 in the fund to do those projects. Oh, wow. It's probably gonna take three times that, maybe four times that to do them. Um, I have been asked about when we would start that, and I said, I, I can't commit to it. it. It won't be me. Yeah. It'll have to be somebody else. Why are these locomotives so special and important to restore? They're unique locomotives. Very, very few of them exist anymore, and they work. They run if somebody puts the money into them and mm -hmm. fixing them up and making them. And it's a matched set. All of a sudden, you got two of these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, interesting. And, and we had only had two other that, that were identical. It was called 1956 and 1975. And uh, 1975 is going to go into mothballs, where you just pull the batteries out today. Um, many, many hours to get back in and try to repair it, and we just don't have the time. We don't need it. Um, okay. It's like a farmer having too many kids. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the first seven or eight kids are fine because you can put them to work. By the time you're up to 10 or 15, you don't need that many. No. And we can't run that many locomotives. Yeah. Okay, so something's got to be put true. to the side to say, you just we, we don't use them, we can't use them. Is that a hard decision at all? or Not really. No. The locomotives pretty well determine which ones that will be. Okay. You know, something all of a sudden isn't working, and the amount of effort to repair it just says, we don't have the money and time to park it. <laughs> okay, you've served your time. Yeah. 
So if any of our listeners are interested in getting involved in diesel services, how would they go about doing that? The easiest way is to show up at the museum any Saturday morning and come out to Car Barn 7, have work clothes on. You don't need to bring your own tools. And we've always got things for anybody that's an expert mechanic all the way down to people that just like to clean. So you can really come. I can use anybody anytime. Anytime. Yep. There's always something to do. Every, every Saturday it's open and people are being used. Um, they can email me. They can contact you for my email address. And uh, they can call me. You can give them their phone numbers. I'm, I'm open. Yeah. So, But we, we don't turn anybody away. You guys are a good crew back there. Uh, excellent crew. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Spree de Corps is, is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that don't fit in, uh, they feel out of place, and they eventually decide that this isn't for me. And yeah. And that's fine. Well, a lot of them come out there thinking that they want to learn how to run air locomotives. And then after a short time, we say, you know, you really talk, you need to talk to operations. Mm-hmm. They're the people that do that. Yeah. And it works great. They go up there and they get started. There's a lot of different options. And I, sometimes I think you're right. People don't realize what they're actually interested in until they get started in exactly. one area. Just like you started in steam and went to diesel. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm never going back. Right. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and share about the projects you've worked on, the ones that are going on. Really exciting news that the Fairbanks... It's close. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see it out of behind the scenes. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday we had it probably up to, um, I don't know what the speed limit is up there, but <clears throat> we were close to it. And uh, when we got up to the... Uh, Almost into Paris, we stopped and checked the wheel bearings to make sure that they weren't overheating. They were absolutely perfect. And that was our last mechanical test to say that everything's fine. That is so cool. So, yeah, it's done. That's very exciting. And I know, you know, as you said, there's always ongoing maintenance and other restoration projects that are taking place. So if you have the time, I would love to have you back to talk about Okay. To talk about a different one. Anytime you're ready, give me a call. Thank you so much, Dave. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. As you disembark, make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. And visit SoCalRailway.org to view past episodes, photo, video, and bonus material. And also let us know what you would like to hear, who you'd like to meet, and what we can do for the next Rail Pass episodes. (laughs) 